April 8, 1976. These top stories in the news at this hour. Senate approves bill to cut nearly one and a half million persons out of the food stamp program. Secretary Kissinger defends his policy of east-west detente. Legally dead Long Island man, very much alive, and in the custody of Ohio cops. This is Lester Smith reporting. Next news as it happens, next scheduled news at 11 o'clock, over WOR Radio 710, the talk of New York. And now, let's join Gene Shepard. gather no acorns. That's really profound. That makes you really think. Leaking faucets gather no acorns. Tonight's program is dedicated to salutes to great living Americans. Tonight we're saluting Sherry Henry. A great living American. You ain't heard nothing yet. Nothing. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, you guys. Come on, come on. Come on. My sinus is cleaned up, guys. <laughs> Let's hear it. Blow it out. For truth and liberty and mankind. For all of suffering humanity. Blow it, blow it, blow it! I say blow it! Oh, man, you're doing it! I can hear it! It's, it's happening! You're doing it, man! You're saying it! You're saying it! Come on, come on! Here you go! You'll do it, you'll do it, I know it. Come on, I'm behind you. Let's go, let's go. Head up, boy. Oh, that was good. That starts us off right, don't it, huh? I'm forever blowing in rubbles, pretty rubbles in the air. La da da You know, there used to be an old theory that uh, that your whole life was uh, formed by something that frightened your mother before you were born. Did you ever hear that expression? (laughs) 
Well, uh, it is true. You know, I, I, it's very discouraging to find out it's true. Very, very discouraging. Here, just a couple of weeks ago, see, I'm on a telephone, and I'm talking through Ma Bell's tremendous system, all the way back to the great vast inverted bowl of midnight called the Midwest. And uh, I got my mother on the other end of the line. See, and I said, Ma, how are you? Oh, okay. Is everything all right out there? Mm, yes. Do you ever have a vague feeling that anybody you have, any relative that you ever talk to on the phone, is veiling something? They're not quite telling you the whole truth. <laughs> I mean, they just imply this, especially if it's a mother you're talking to. Because uh, all mothers feel vaguely cheated that uh, you're no longer this little tiny tot sitting there eating oatmeal. Well, you know, you know the uh, you know the old expression that kittens are really cute, but cats are another ball game. You heard it right. Well, that's true of kids. I mean, kids are really cute, but it's these uh, you know clunky people you find walking up and down Sixth Avenue spitting on your shoes. Each one of them was a cute, cuddly little baby at one time. You know, sitting there saying things like "goo goo," you know, "dad die," <laughs> and eating cream of wheat and all that sort of thing. And uh, now, what do you got? A bunch of mean-looking people walking around, bopping each other, you know, shoving each other out of the way. Uh, you learn all about that if you've ever tried to get on a bus at the certain point in the rush hour in Manhattan. I mean, little old ladies who look like Mary Worth out of the comics will knock you right down to your knees, you know, tromp on you, won't, you know, wearing track shoes you can't figure out. And everybody, everybody in the world was once a little kitten. Everybody. Now, I said to my mother, I said, Mom, I said, uh, you're not telling me the truth. It just doesn't sound like it. What do you mean? I said, is everything all right? Uh, yes. That's slight hesitation. I said, come on, Ma, what is it? Well, you haven't written, you know. Oh, come on, Ma, for crying out loud, I'm on the phone, you know, I haven't written, I'm talking to you. Isn't that better than writing, Ma? Mm, I suppose so. But Mom, well, here, I'm talking to you. Say something. All right. I'm, I'm talking now. You want me to sit down on the phone and start typing a letter so you can hear the typewriter going? Is that what you want? What? Don't be silly. All right, Mother, I will not be silly. It's good to talk to you, Ma. You know, have you ever, in your own head, you know, you turn off, you say, well, I'm going to talk about uh, pleasant things. Gee, it's really nice out here, Ma. We're in wonderful weather out here. You know, it's uh, 55 degrees, the sun is shining, and it's really nice. Uh, how's it out there? The roof of the garage blew up. Oh, jeez. Well, that's nice, Ma. You needed a new roof all along, right? <laughs> Saves all the problem, you know, having some come and take it off and all that stuff. Yes, but uh, it's been raining, you know, for three weeks here. Oh, Ma, you don't go out anyway. You stay in the house. What difference does it make? All my irises are dead. Oh. Okay, Ma. Well, gee, you know, Mom, uh, 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 how's, uh, <laughs> how's Aunt Min? Same. Her knees bothering her. Oh. Okay, Mom. Well, uh. Gee, it's good to talk to you, Mom. I'm feeling good. I'm really feeling good. And then she implies that you're lying to her. Oh? 
Yes, <laughs> yes I'm really feeling good, Ma. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Have you ever, just because of sheer nervousness, and you're telling somebody you're feeling good, all of a sudden you're hit with a fit of coughing? <laughs> Excuse me, Ma. <laughs> Brack. <laughs> so, feeling good. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. If you don't go see a doctor, I'm going to come out there myself and see that you do. But Ma, I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling really good, Ma. <laughs> Don't don't give him too much there. That's it. easy, Ron. He's, you know, you, you want to leave them demanding more. That's uh, you want to leave them with their tongues hanging out, you know, <laughs> yelling and hollering. Oh God, more, more, more! Just remember, leaking faucets gather no acorns, buddy. And uh, nevertheless, uh, in the middle of all this, uh, you know, uh, involved discussion with this telephone call home. I, I just happened to, you know, bring that up. I said, hey, Ma, you know, trying to make conversation. I said, Mom, you remember when I used to say that uh, your whole life was changed, uh, you know, if you're a person, and I presume most of us are, you know, and uh, she always says, oh, you're so funny. I said, well, Ma, come on, I'm not trying to be funny. If, if, uh, if, if your mother was frightened by something before you were born, your whole future, your whole way of being, your whole personality has changed from that day on. The, the person, the, the kid, see. Not the mother, the kid. She said, yes. So, well, Ma, what, did anything frighten you before I was born, you know? Well, I hadn't thought of that for a long time. And I said, well, Ma, I'm just curious. <laughs> Have you ever asked your mother something like that? I, mean, <laughs> I said, Ma, I'm really serious. Tell me, uh, is, uh, did anything frighten you before I was born? Well, now that you mention it, yes. I said, you mean you can remember what it was? Oh, yes, of course. I said, well, Ma, would you mind telling me what it was? Oh, it's very stupid. I said, what was <laughs> something stupid frightened you? Says, yes, it was a soldering iron. Boing. 
My mother was frightened by a soldering iron. By a soldering iron. You know, it was like somebody had just raised a curtain and the light came in. Bum, ba-dum, bum. Yeah, you know what they call, there's a, there's a term in psychology called the aha experience. And you know what is it, the aha experience? Well, it's just what it sounds like, you know. <laughs> you know, this is supposed to come to people in the middle of an analysis. See, they're laying there on the old couch there on the old Castro, and uh, their feet are sticking out there, and, and uh, Dr. Guberman is walking around, you know, stroking his beard with his little uh, clipboard, and he's asking you questions. He says, Vert, would you please tell me now, in the last session we was having, you was telling me about how you was climbing on that fence, and you was talking to all them kids, and, uh, and uh, you uh, had this terrible thing, and you could not come to tell me what it was. Now tell me what. And you say, uh, well, gee, Dr. Goldman, uh, Kelly, I can't get my head back into those, uh, I don't, uh, I have to get back in the mood. Let's see, you know, I was climbing a fence, and then uh, there was this big fat kid, and uh, at that point, of course, he, he squirts you with the uh, fire extinguisher and uh, runs out and gets water and pours it on your head. <laughs> and you've had an aha experience. Now, what happened on the fence? Well, I had no idea what happened on the fence. That's your own aha experience. You see, that's, a, that's between the patient and the doctor. And I am not going to uh, interrupt that uh, very precious and uh, very, very solemn vow that the doctor has uh, sworn never to reveal what uh, his patient tells him in the cloistered circle. So I'm not going to say anything about it. However, I will tell you, though, that the aha experience is a continual one uh, that uh, keeps popping. You get smaller ahas than bigger ones. Now, sometimes you have a really big one, and at that point, it can destroy you. I mean... Uh, I mean, it's like it's like walking down the street. You know, a lot of guys. It's like Archie Bunker. Now, you know Archie. You've seen Archie. You know, Archie walks around, and Archie is perfectly sure that everything that he thinks is absolutely correct and right. And any right-thinking person would understand that. You agree? This is Archie's whole thrust. I mean, how many times have you heard him say, "All right, meathead, come on, stupid. Any dumb guy can." You know, well. All right, he, he never has any problem, uh, you know, believing firmly. In fact, he doesn't have any problem at all in that respect. He, he does believe firmly that any right person would think the way he thinks. Well, now, it would be very discouraging. In fact, more than discouraging, it would be destroying for Archie to walk down the street one day. The sun is just right. The cabs are going by. And, uh, you know, all day long, he's talking about what he calls, uh, you know, Dingbats. So he's walking around saying, Oh, they're dingbats, you know. And he sees a bunch of people uh, demonstrating. He says, Look at that dingbats. All right. Then he walks down the street a ways, you know, and he, he sees a bunch of other people, you know, they're carrying a sign. Oh, dingbats. And then all of a sudden, without any warning, as he's about to step off a curb, who knows how you get in a high experience. Maybe a cab comes too close to him or somebody throws an egg or something and he gets, you know, gets winged. All of a sudden, in the middle of all that, He's yelling about dingbats. Suddenly, something hits him and says, You are a dingbat! He said it to himself. He is the ultimate dingbat. 
which reminds me, this is W.O.R., New York. No connection. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, not at all. No connection. Oh, no. And thus ends Madison Avenue on parade. It's like a giant artillery barrage. There's no place to hide, friends. No place to hide when they got you zeroed in. Kaboom. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, uh, as I said uh, earlier here in the, this epic three or four weeks ago, when we, you know, back when he was doing that show there, uh, <laughs> it seems... No, I'll tell you one thing about... You know, time is relative. It really is. You've heard this so many times, you know. In fact, the other day in, uh, in the New York Times crossword puzzle, uh, they had a word defined. It says uh, uh, the fourth dimension, four-letter word. Well, most people think it's a rock group, you know. Actually, it's the fifth dimension that's a rock group. What's the fourth dimension? Well, the fourth dimension is time. And uh, we're swimming in a sea of it. Now, time time is not consistent, though. That's the problem with it. It's the one, it's, uh, the one dimension that is not consistent. In short, time has shallows, if you can imagine time as a sea. It has shallows and it has depths. And uh, what is a shallow? Well, all right, have you ever noticed that when, when, uh, when something really great is, is happening, it seems to go by in like a millisecond? Have you noticed that when you arrive at this fantastic resort for your vacation and you got two weeks... It seems like uh, just as you're taking your socks out of your bag, you are putting your dirty socks back in the bag. <laughs> Incredible. Well, that's because you're in the shallow water of time in that vast lake, and it goes by so damn fast you can't even see it happening. Now, on the other hand, when you're in the depths of time, where the water's really deep, it goes on infinitely. In fact, uh, Ten minutes can last forever. For example, you're sitting in a dentist chair, right? And he, he comes boring down at you with that bit. See, he says, this will just take a couple of minutes. And, and the smoke starts coming out of your ears. <laughs> and it seems to go on forever. <laughs> and you can't believe it, you know. Here's this guy looming over you with the lights and all that going, and the thing keeps going. More smoke comes out of your ears. And he says, hold on a minute. And he reaches over and he takes about ten of those nut picks. And, you know, well, he's pulling the main nerve right out of your brain. And uh, you know, he says, you know, we can't really get at this with uh, with the Novocaine. We're just, it's going to hurt a little bit. You know, it goes all the way down to your shoes. And the whole thing, finally, when you're, you're, you're released from the chair and you're, you're bathed in sweat and you're shaking, have you ever felt a great sense of gratitude for the dentist for letting you off? You know, you want to cling to his knees and say, Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you let me out again. Well, you can't believe it. You look at your watch. You have been in the chair for seven and a half minutes. And they're running the next victim in, kicking and screaming, clinging to the doors as they bring him in in chains. Well, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, he's clawing at the, you know, he... His thumbnail is already gone because he's clinging to the wallpaper. Well, all right. Uh, this is that, that, again, it's, it's a time business. See, time is like a vast sea with shallows and with depths. And uh, when you're a kid, of course, going to school, uh, 
four years, for example, uh, in high school seems to stretch on forever. Now, for any of you who uh, graduated from high school, you notice I don't say all of you. I said, for any of you who graduated from high school, <laughs> you look back on it and it seemed to go by. You can't even remember hardly. It went by maybe eight, nine milliseconds. Bump, ba dum bump. Well, you're in the midst of the depths of the vast, enormous ocean, the abyss. You're in the abyss, the deeps at that point. Now, why I brought this up is, you know, it is really, speaking of time, time does move, you know, really. And uh, we have been getting all kinds of letters, and this is by way of a, of a small brief uh, announcement uh, in lieu of letters. We've been getting letters and, and uh, phone calls and stuff here about when we are going to appear in the next couple of weeks locally here, various uh, benefit shows and so on I do. Well, the Princeton show this year, which uh, I do every year, Princeton, to benefit WPRB, the radio station there, will be the 4th of June at 9 p.m. in Alexander Hall. That's Princeton this year is the 4th of June at 9 p.m. So call the radio station there, WPRB, and they can give you information on how to get your tickets and so on. Now, the next show that I'm going to be doing, I'll be doing a show at Rutgers, and that's the 15th of April. Uh, very quickly, I haven't been to Rutgers in a long time. Rutgers over in New Brunswick, you know. Uh, boy, that's... Uh, since the time when I last played Rutgers, uh, they had their basketball team was strictly in the little league. <laughs> oh, this year, man, they were all right. Mean, you know, I was torn. I must say, I was torn in my uh, loyalties there, because you know I went to Indiana. Yes, and uh, and I should be for Indiana. And on one hand, I was. You know, after all, it was Indiana. But on the other hand, Rutgers. Uh, I guess uh, it's terrible to admit you're going to need to be a turncoat. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know which one to yell for. But that was a hell of a what a what a what a game, you know. In fact, that all the way to the end there, that uh, NCAA tournament. But anyway, Rutgers did real good this year. One defeat, right? Two two defeats. Yeah, that's right. The last game, that's correct. But they went all through the season. Uh, but Rutgers, New Brunswick, will be there Thursday, the fifteenth at eight thirty at the Ledge. And if you'd like to call them about tickets, it's area code 201, and the number, I'll give it only once, 932-7426. I told you once. <laughs> you blew it already. <laughs> All right, I'll give it again. It's 932-7426. That's New Jersey area, right? You know, uh, it's funny, though, uh, when you when you talk about... Uh, you know, basketball, I don't know why I'm on, on the subject of basketball, but basketball has to be one of the most exciting spectator sports there is. I mean, have you ever really gotten into that? And, 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 and I mean, there's, there's very few things more exciting than a, than a last-minute drive by a basketball club that's down eight points with four minutes to go, and they suddenly get hot. And the other team gets panicky. You know, suddenly these guys are hitting from the outside. You know, some guy that hasn't, you know, some guy that hasn't been able to even to keep the ball from hitting his own shoes. You know, when he's dribbling out there, all of a sudden turns into an incredible maniac, and he starts hitting these fall away uh, flip shots. You know, he's falling out of bounds and whap, who? Oh, that really, that really is, uh, is, uh, it's one of the worst things that can happen to your morale if you're playing on the other club. 
There's no way to stop some of those shots. Do you agree? And that 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 that's that's an almost perfect game, I think, basketball. If you if you really uh, love action, and uh, of course, maybe some of you don't know. You know, there's a there's a myth around here, and I must say. A lot of the New York writers, uh, Larry Merchant and so on, they love to think that New York, uh, that this is a New York street game. They keep talking about basketball as a New York street game. But actually, uh, and it may be in one way, but let me tell you something else. A a lot of you people probably have not seen uh, Indiana farmyard games. Now, see, this is something you don't get out of here. You don't realize that... that, uh, that there are many schools out throughout Indiana and Iowa, particularly Indiana and Illinois too. But uh, Indiana is the is the is the major hotbed of basketball out there, and for many of the same reasons, uh, you know, the reason the kid plays street basketball here is it doesn't take any space. You don't have to have. You don't even need two teams. All you need is another kid. <laughs> I mean, one on one basketball. You could even play yourself. I mean, there's, it's great to you know dribble around out there and and uh, you know practice hook shots and and uh, I have done it for hours. It's just hours. You just dribble around, you flip those hook shots, you know. And every kid I knew when I was a kid, if he had any kind of a backyard at all, had a bounding board up on the garage or on on a tree somewhere right next to the house. And uh, what you do is. Is you go down to? In fact, one of our projects in in shop was to build a bounding board. <laughs> you know, you go home and you build this thing, you put it up in the backyard, and uh, uh, that the bounding board was behind our house until the day I left to go to the army. And incidentally, I remember one time coming home from the army on a on a on a three day pass, and it's winter time, and you know it's snow out there. And I came home, and there was nobody else around. I was the only guy, you know, all the other guys were in the Army and that. And I came home. What do you think I did? In the middle of the winter, I went out there uh, wearing uh, wearing my GI shoes, and in the snow and in the ice out there, I was shooting free shots. <laughs> I went out in the back. Now, now this, uh, this kind of madness is, uh, is what makes bas- basketball. Now, it, when you drive throughout Indiana, for example, if you go down to southern Indiana, particularly southern Indiana, and you drive along US-41, one of the big uh, cross-state highways that go all the way down through the state, and you go past, you know, mi- it seems like millions of miles and nothing but, but cold cornfields in the wintertime. And then, you, then along comes the house. You see the house, see, for, of this farm. And uh, there's the house, and you see a couple of barns and so on. Invariably, you will see behind the house and behind the barn, you'll see that bounding board. Now, why do the farmers play? Well, because, like city kids, they uh, it's hard to raise a team. You know, you can't get the 11 kids on each side like to play football. And so two or three farm kids will be back there in the backyard playing basketball. Have you ever, you know that one of the major sports has not yet hit the East, and it's been a major sport throughout the Midwest, particularly Iowa, for the past, oh, as long as I can remember, has been girl basketball. Oh, I mean, they'll draw 15,000 wild screaming fans, and these these girls will really play wild basketball. And uh, in some schools, it's gotten to the point now where some of the girls' teams that play 
are so good that the boys' team is just like a little uh, little uh, extracurricular activity. You know, they, they they just sort of fool around. But uh, but I want to tell you, one of the most dramatic things that I ever saw happen in the world of sports. You know, every year Indiana has a uh, it's an absolute unparalleled state tournament. Now, you may not know about it here because everything in the East is done by sections and so on, and it's, it's kind of muted, and you just see a little bit in the back of the newspaper. But in Indiana, beginning about this time of the year, it's just about now beginning, you know, just in the, in the late... Uh, uh, well, it, it coincides really with the playoffs, the ABA or the NFL or the NBA playoff. About this time of the year, the state... We, come on, well, listen for a minute. The state is divided into uh, things called sectionals. Now, there's hundreds of sectionals. And uh, every school that is in the Indiana High School Basketball or High School Athletic Association is in, is in this sectional. Now, no matter what size you are, you may be a high school with like uh, 200 kids. Or you may also be a high school with, uh, say, 4,000. You're in this sectional. Well, you can see, obviously... That a, that, a, that a high school that has only 200 kids is in real bad trouble when they're playing some big industrial high school from, say, up northern Indiana where, uh, where the average height of the freshman class is six feet nine. You know, and there are over 700 guys come out for basketball. And that, that's actually the truth. So what happens is this. They, they, they have, over a weekend, they have this giant, all over the state at the same time, sectional tournament. It begins on, say, Friday. And it's all done by draw. You just don't know who you're going to draw. And if you're from this big high school, you may draw this little tiny school see, as your first game. Of course, they wipe them out. But that doesn't matter. The whole school comes to the sectional. See, it's the, it's the beginning, see. And, and uh, every, every, it's just a wild scene. And they'll play three games in a day in this gym, see. So here, and it's huge. There may be 15,000 people, screaming fans. Well, by the end of that first weekend, obviously, every sectional has one winner that has, you know, one. And all the other teams are eliminated. That's the end of their season. Well, then it's beginning to build up. See, if your school has won the sectional, you know, that's pretty wild. Then the whole week goes by, and the next thing, they play the regional. Now, the state is divided up into 16 regions. You got it? No, it's 32 regions. That's it. 32 regions. Now, you're playing schools now that are from way far off comparatively schools you never even hear much about except during regional and there are teams that have lethal reputations and suddenly they're you're playing them see up to this point you've been playing old friendly schools you know suddenly in comes the frankfurt hot dogs they get great names the frankfurt the laporte slicers and you know the Frankfurt Hot Dogs that when <laughs> when they used to play, uh, they'd come and they'd play in our gym. The Frankfurt Hot Dogs would have these great looking jerseys with a great big hot dog on the front. The Frankfurt Hot Dogs, the Laporte Slicers. How about the Horace Mann Blue Devils? And uh, these teams would come in. Yeah, they'd come into town. How about this one, the Whiting Oilers? They come from right in the middle of all the oil refining district. Uh, the, the the Roosevelt Rough Riders would come in. And so uh, 
after that, this weekend is unbelievable. They broadcast it on television all over the place, and they they fantastic regional. And finally, after the weekend, there are 32 regional winners. Now, if your school has gone that far, you're out of your bird. You've won maybe eight or nine consecutive ball games. You know, remember that. Well, the next week after that comes the semifinals, and this is really dramatic. This is the real bippy. By this time, it costs you like, if you if you can get a ticket, a ticket is worth like maybe $20 just to see one game, you know, if you can get in. And so the battle is tremendous. After this battle, the semifinals are broadcast all over, and then you hear about these really lethal teams downstate that win. For example, uh, uh, Indianapolis South is always taking their, their sectional, their regional. And there are just, at that point, eight teams left. Eight. You got it? And the, and the state is just going crazy. And on that last weekend, the finals are played in the field house, this tremendous field house in Indianapolis. And it's a, dry, a tremendous field. It's, it's bigger than, uh, than Madison Square Garden. It seats maybe 25,000, 30,000 people. And no way you can get a ticket to this. Getting a ticket... To the, to the state finals in Indiana is like getting a ticket for life to all the World Series games in the future. <laughs> I mean, it ain't going to happen. Well, at, all the big used car dealers are down there, you know, all the Buick dealers and all of the high rollers are down there. The kids, no way, you know, but the excitement is incredible. Well, of course, by the end of that weekend, that last final game is just unbelievable. And most of the players that played on that Indiana NCAA team that won this year went through that thing when they were in high school. That is a pressure cooker you wouldn't believe. And incidentally, I'll never forget the time when I was a kid, a school came from southern Indiana, believe it or not, had 27 pupils in the school. And they won the state championship. It, it, it's one of the great... And you know how they did it? They did it with the most fantastic slow break you ever saw in your life. <laughs> These guys would work the ball for 10 minutes before taking a shot. And they never missed. They only took a shot when it was open, man. And defense, you couldn't believe. They were winning games like uh, 27 to 26. You know, they were playing some team that, that was averaging 95 points a game. All of a sudden, they came up against this team threw their whole game off, and it's a historic moment in Indiana. I mean, talk about your miracle Braves, and the Dodgers that won the pennant in the last swing, or the Giants, or whoever it was, with Billy Thompson's homer. Wow. You didn't know this about Indiana, did you? That's the yearly madness, and right now they're entering it, and all over the state, Kids are sleeping in restless beds, tossing, late at night, trying to figure out how to get a ticket to the regional. Yeah. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation.